tell you where we are currently. Trump and Putin have met for about two hours. It was supposed to be 90 minutes. It went long. Tell um, you what, if that was a first date, I'd say, you know, there are sparks. Yep. Good sign. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. It's nine o'clock already. Time flies when I'm with you. Let's have sex. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. See, folks, <laughs> subtlety is such a gift, isn't it? And some people have it. Some don't. Um, and so they were supposed to have a press conference together about 15 minutes ago. And uh, it hasn't happened yet because it ran long. Now they've gone in to sit down to lunch. Trump is uh, having a, a hard-boiled steak, and and Putin's eating a bowl full of nails. And uh, <laughs> after lunch, they're supposed to have a press conference, which we'll take live. They're arguing over the press conference right now. So then we go talk to the press. Then we go kill the press. No, no, no. no we no. talk to them. We answer their questions. Then we kill them. <laughs> no, no, listen. Let's grab some lunch. We'll talk this out. Trump's uh Trump's is eating his hard boiled steak and his 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 Pepsi Cola and French fries. <laughs> oh boy. Putin's got a bowl of nails and then he's popping little baby seal hearts into his mouth like a little mints. Exactly. Baby seal Freshly hearts. beaten baby seals. Wow. Wow. Putin's Good a bad guy, you can't handle it. Good morning, everybody. You know what's funny? I was uh, I'm looking at this opinion piece in the Washington Post and Everybody, God, the, the chattering classes, the talking heads, the experts from various administrations past are are just pronouncing everything Trump's doing wrong and how he's screwing it all up and going to be ineffective and stuff like that. I just I, there's a market for it. I get why they trot these people out to say it, but nobody knows. Well, right. I would pretty good interview on uh, NPR this morning as I heard him interviewing some Democratic senator who is going on and on about how Trump's going to screw this up and uh, the worst thing that ever happened, this and that. And, oh, I heard that guy, and, and, Droney and, McDronerson. And he said, Trump's declaring this a victory before the summits even happened. And the, the, the to his credit, on NPR announcer said, aren't you declaring it a defeat before it's even happened? Right. Which is a pretty good point. Yeah, you don't know how this is going to go. How about we evaluate it after it happens? Right. Well, like the North Korean thing. The, the Droney tr- said that was a disaster. Well, you don't know it's a disaster. Things are a little rocky, yeah, with the North Koreans, but it's not over yet. Anyway, the headline is Trump can't beat Putin at his own game. And I just, I hope we don't have the third guy in a row who thinks he can charm or or beguile or or fool or outfox Putin. I think if you go into it with a certain amount of humility, saying there's nothing I can do to change this guy, all he understands is brute force. I think that is wisdom. W's I've looked into his soul was is laughable in retrospect. It really is pathetic. And Obama sending Hil- sending Hillary over with the reset button is also laughable, extremely Ugh. laughable. Since there was a prop involved, sickening. It was prop comedy. Well, um, and then the uh, tell Vladimir I'll have more flexibility over after the election. Like, listen, we're 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 doing business here. We're both on the same side. We understand each other. And uh, and Putin's laughing at him the whole time. You so, just have to understand that. Have the humility to know you can't, you can't outfox him. So there, there are other things we'll we can talk about throughout the morning. I want to get into Elon Musk calling one of the guys involved in rescuing those kids a pedo. Listen, you get into a Twitter beef. To me, that's 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 the go-to. You disagree with somebody on Twitter over you something? Immediately call them a, call pedophile. Them a pedophile. Wow! <laughs> Start to hint broadly that they're a child toucher. Jeez! I tell you what, it changes the tone of the argument. There, it gets them on their heels, huh? Huh? 
some of you people. I think you're wrong about Putin. Yeah, I think you're a pedophile. <laughs> oh, jeez. There you go. Let's. I'm going to check the Twitter right now. <laughs> Elon... You guys are being awfully harsh on Trump this morning. Yeah, well, you're being ar- harsh on not touching children. That came out wrong. <laughs> but um, you see my point? Elon Musk has since deleted his tweets about that, but maybe we'll talk about that later. Uh, has he? Yeah, so we're, we're now seeing on the cable news the two podiums that Trump and Putin will come out to, so we're getting closer to the press conference. It could, still could be a half hour away. Here's one angle of the indictment I'm not even close to smart enough to understand. Uh, I'm not even knowledgeable enough to be dangerous, as they say, but I sure think it's interesting. I think if even if you explained it to me, I wouldn't understand it. But so apparently the Russians messed with the whole cryptocurrency world, Bitcoin and that sort of stuff, mm. were able to drive up the value in a way that created money for themselves. They minted their own money right. and paid for these operations with the money that they made. So they, they well, they minted their own finances for messing with our elections to mm-hmm. make it less traceable, which we figured out somehow. How amazing is that? Yeah. Now, that is some... That's some clever stuff. This is back to the humility thing. And oddly enough, I tried to teach uh, my kids this in terms of those who would victimize them, sexually or otherwise. This is a more serious uh, child molester note, obviously. Recognize how good these people are at what they do. Putin's great. He might be the greatest in, in the modern era at running a dictatorship, a kleptocracy. He's brilliant at it. Yeah, that that cornering the Bitcoin, or not cornering it, but manipulating the market to drive up the value, cashing out, etc. They made their own cash machine. Uh, that was just so good. And and the one thing Putin depends on, and this is getting back to what I would do if you know, if I was in the closed room with him, the one thing he ne- absolutely needs is hard currency to keep bribing his supporters and to run his oligarchy. And if 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 I'm Trump, I get in there and say, listen, if we get a sniff of any more of the cyber stuff, we are going to flood Europe with cheap natural gas. We'll take a ginormous loss. You're familiar with our economy. We got a lot of money. We will put so much cheap natural gas in Europe. We'll to every ship, every ship down to a 12 foot bass boat we have. We will fill with natural gas and we will flood Europe with it. We will crush the price of oil and gas. For the next 10 years. Yeah, I think Putin would say, I'll bet you don't. <clears throat> well, then you do it. You got to. You got to back up your threat. Um, it, so if you're, how do you play this press conference? I'm thinking of uh, fun <clears throat> things Putin could do on this press conference. Here's one I think you do. Put Trump in a really awkward position. You say, as the, uh, somebody's going to bring up the, the Russia meddling, obviously. That's going to be the topic, I think. Don't you think? Yeah. From the media? Oh, yeah. Uh, unless they're executed, you know, halfway through their sentence. Um, if I'm Putin, I say something as, as the president has said many times, it is a witch hunt, that sort of thing. Oh yeah. Yep. You just go with what the president has been saying about it being a witch hunt and put Donald Trump in the position of either saying, yeah, it is a witch hunt or saying, no, it's not. That's what I'd do if I'm Putin. Right. Well, cause Trump has done an incredibly poor job. Either he can't or he won't differentiate between the Trump portion of the investigation and the just Russia portion of the investigation. Yeah, that'd be a great strategy by Putin, and he's probably thought of it. I think... In fact, I think they put out a statement to that effect over the weekend. Some of his foreign ministry people actually yeah. quoted Trump. And here's another one looking long-term. I don't know why I was trying to think like Putin over the weekend, but long-term, for the twenty for the, for the next election, 
Do you continue to try to help the Republicans? Since it was more about helping Trump and hurting Hillary, not because he preferred one or the other. It just was, you know, one was clearly going to win. Right. So Um, he wanted to undermine Hillary. But do you continue to try to help the Republicans so it's always that, you know, or do you mix it up? Do you do you attack the Republicans hard and help the Democrats this time? I think, yeah, you you probably keep your eye on how it's developing and just try to sow seeds of doubt. Well, Everywhere. I, th- I think I stick with the Republicans. Hmm. Let, let me think about Because that. I think that drives a better wedge. If you flip teams, I think there's a chance we come together and say, oh, we get it now. You're just trying to screw with America. And you wouldn't so, have the Republicans and Democrats at each other. So try to actually paint the Republicans as the party of Russia. Yeah. Keep going that direction. Wow. I don't know. I'm sure he's thought about it. I'd have to think that through. That's an interesting idea. I mean, particularly given conservatism's anti-Russia, anti-Soviet stance for these many decades. Still awaiting the press conference. God, I guess Save the world, by the way. Stories I want to get to. I got the most amazing murder mystery that turned into a suicide that I've ever read about mm-hmm. uh, that was just solved recently. Um, I can give you the highlights. Uh, uh, later, I can get into the details. Found an old guy dead in a field. He murdered a walk into a Starbucks from his little retirement community. Great guy. Everybody loved. Mm. Found with a bullet hole in him. They couldn't figure out, you know, money, watch, nothing. What happened? Investigated it for for a long time as a murder. Horrifying. Funeral, this outpouring of love, everything. They finally figured it out, and I'll talk about later how they figured it out. It's actually kind of scary how they figured it out. He had attached a gun to a helium balloon, shot himself, and then when he fell over dead, the balloon took the, the gun up in the air what and the? sailed out and took off into the ocean and probably landed in the ocean somewhere. What the hell? Yeah. So he had it moored to the... And obviously, like, he was holding it? Yeah, apparently he was holding the gun on himself oh, while so it's attached it was, to an right, balloon. As right. soon as he shot himself, obviously he'd let so go of the gun. So he was totally in control of everything until yeah. the moment he was shot and then... Up it goes. Yeah, they figured that out. Why? The way they figured it out was a little scary. Was he just it. a pain in the ass or what? Why Why wouldn't he leave a note, say, listen, I off myself, I'm tired of life, blah, 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 God bless my grandchildren. Well, as they went into his Google history searches, which apparently the cops might do after you die. Oh, you're not going to Elon Musk the guy, are you? Um, no, he uh, he had been searching on uh, collecting insurance, suicide, all oh, different sort of stuff. So I see. Trying to help out the family. Maybe. Well, trying to defraud an insurance. <laughs> Listen to me. Going soft on crime here. Just Pretty clever it's idea, though, huh? It's he clever pulled, as heck. He pulled it off for a long time. Well, like, I can't wait to hear, you know, how they figured that out. Mm-hmm. It's like the modern version of the the old riddle. There's a guy in a, there's a puddle in the middle of the room, yeah. and he's hanging out. How do you do it? Well, it was ice in him out. This is like yeah, a modern a, version a of that. that's a pretty good one. Yeah. That's a pretty that's good an one. old one. <laughs> they figure that out. The old ice trick. Putin and Trump, uh, at some point, are going to come out and take questions. Putin will start uh, assassinating the journalists. Oh boy. <laughs> Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the of nation. Of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So uh, France won the soccer thing, I guess. Uh, just it's not my sport. So, shout out to our Revolutionary War allies. Thanks for the boats. There you go. Well, Lafayette, never forget. So, uh, listen, glad you're here. I see the press is filling up half of the hall 
there where they're going to give the press conference. The uh, the completely empty section, probably reserved for Russian journalists, uh, apparently they did not hear. They did not come today. Um, or they're getting a preemptive beating or something like that behind the scenes. So Putin and Trump, live press conference, will take it uh, whenever it happens. Um, so France won the World Cup. Why were we mad at France for a while? Why were we calling them Freedom Fries instead of French Fries? Oh, and- because they wouldn't uh, join us in Iraq, as I recall, or criticized it or something. I don't remember. I don't remember. It's so silly. I don't now. even remember why we were mad. Yeah, I think they uh, they voted against invading Iraq. Or mm. was that it? Freedom fries. As far as I'm concerned, all right. That was the dumb. That was the dumbest thing that ever happened in U.S. history. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of folks really got into that, Jack. Careful, you don't want to hurt I think, feelings. I think I got into it. That doesn't mean it wasn't dumb. <laughs> Freedom toast. Right. Yeah. As a sign of solidarity or respect with their athletic achievements, I'm now rocking the French tuck look that yeah. has uh, been rocking a lot of the fashion Are trends. that the half tucked in yep. thing? Yep. Oh, is that what that's called? You shirt, you tuck in your shirt just in the front and leave the back hanging out. That's called the French tuck? Yeah, yeah. And well, why is that supposed to be a step forward? Uh, it's so those who pay attention to these sort of things, it, it helps the shirt look fitted. It helps you remain casual while not looking like a slob. Yes, okay. is, is, I like is, that. Is what That's does, what yeah. I'm going for. So now is it, I've seen half of the front tucked in. Is that kind of a subcategory or the, the French tuck is fr- front, a whole, the yeah, whole the, front? The, the full half front. And That's what I ought to go it with. It seems to be, mainly it seems to be a way to kind of show off that you're wearing a belt. And yeah. if you have a belt and your belt matches things. And because you got a flat belly and you're a sexy man, what yeah. people want to see people, your jeans. Some people pants. call it the shirt mullet. That's uh, unfortunate. <laughs> well, you get it, right? Business in the front, party in the back. Oh, yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> that does, it's unfortunate. So, uh, this is amazing. In 2004, do you remember 2004? Good times. Speaking of Iraq, we were about a year into that fabulous project that went very well. You're too young to remember. There were 9,000 blockbuster stores. In 2004? Yeah, 9,000 plus blockbuster stores. That's right. That's 14 years ago. Time flies. And uh, in 1989, Blockbuster opened a new store every 17 hours. Wow. Yeah. 1989? Yeah. It's amazing. That's shortly after I had a girlfriend working in a Blockbuster, which was the greatest in college. You got to hook up. The greatest in college. Never mind hooking up. You got to hook up. We didn't even have a VCR, but she, because they rented them out, she could bring the VCR to the house when she closed down at midnight. She'd bring the VCR and the movies. Got a little Eddie Murphy movie going. A little uh, Beverly Hills Cop. (laughs) Um, So anyway, there were 9,000 Blockbuster stores. There is now, there are now... There be presently one. We one are down to one. The two in Alaska closed. Okay. Final blockbuster store, Bend, Oregon. Wow. Beautiful Bend, where my son lives now. Why Bend, Oregon? Uh, hipster. Hipster, fun, funky. So it's it's an it's an attempt to be retro, nostal- cool, retro maybe? nostalgic. I don't know. Nobody needs to do it that way. Oh, wait, of course, Redbox is very popular, so right. it's just you're going to a Blockbuster instead of Redbox. And right. Blockbuster has a hell of a lot better selection, or had, than Redbox. Well, and they make the case that there's a charm to it that people seem to like. And I like block- I wish there were a Blockbuster close to me. I do. I would go to it instead of Redbox at any time. They gave the example of when Gene Wilder passed away in 2016. 
People took to Netflix and other streaming services to watch all his great films, Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein, Willy Wonka, etc., etc., but they weren't on there. So customers flooded the store and asked whether they had the titles in stock, and of course they had them, stock, stacks of them. Um, we haven't had a customer in weeks. <laughs> and people like to come and wander the aisles and do what they used to do and pick out a movie together. Yeah. No, I would go to a Blockbuster. My kids would love Blockbuster. Yeah. That was an adventure. There's just this sure. hall of movies. It was like a museum when I was a child. It was, it was awesome. You know, it's funny. I, I read this, and it's charming, and I love Bend. I just love the vibe of it. And um, and I'm thinking, yeah, that makes sense. It does make sense. There's still that one open, and and people do enjoy Blockbuster. And it's I'm gonna open gonna, a franchise. Get him, Joe and his wife have just opened up a new Blockbuster. Wait a second, they've gone from nine thousand to one. So as charming as it sounds, in this beautifully written article by one Alex Horton, it ain't that great an idea. Clearly. So my favorite, how about that stat that I heard of the uh, the Blockbuster saga, is in 2000, Blockbuster had a chance to buy Netflix for $50 million. Oh. Now Netflix is worth $172 billion, and I don't know how much that one store is making. <laughs> Maybe they're doing really grand. well, but, but it's probably wow. not $172 billion. Wow, whoever made that decision uh, thinks about it now and then. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Nah, not this internet. People want to rewind. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Why would you pick a movie sitting there on your couch when you could drive to a store and pick out a movie? That's idiocy. Do you ever do the red box? I think I did it once. Yeah, we we get kids movies from there. My kids really like red box. They I like could the, see that. They like the way the movie shoots out of the little thing and putting the movie back in the slot. And they they have stuff that for whatever reason isn't on Netflix or Hulu sometimes. You know, a long time ago I heard uh, who was it say that uh, about gambling? If I lose a hundred bucks, I hate that way more than I like winning a hundred bucks. That's why I don't gamble. Well, with I would feel that way. With movies now, Judy and I'll watch a movie semi regularly, and if I don't like it, if I don't really like it, I think I could have done so many things with that two hours. I just watched that. Egg. So it makes me not want to watch movies. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I never get the movies back on time to Redbox is the problem, so I end up paying fifteen dollars for Ninja, for Ninjago Batman Two or whatever the hell it is. We all watch almost. Can you entirely... see Ninjago on the air? Isn't that a? That's <laughs> we, a slur against we people. We watch from, a uh... lot of Ninjago stuff. Oh, oh, he said it again. <laughs> I'd like to apologize for. Ninjagans everywhere. So we're looking at the beautiful hall there in Helsinki, Finland, um, Marshall's home country. Uh, They're calling the summit the big stinky in Helsinki, Jack. <laughs> and they got the uh, the two uh, two little podium yeah. lectern things there that uh, Trump and Putin are going to walk up to. They each got glasses of water. If they're both still alive. And they're going to start answering questions, and when they do, we'll bring it to you, and we'll probably stick with it because it's almost guaranteed to be pretty Pretty good. Oh, yeah. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, as you just mentioned, the Trump-Putin joint news conference coming up at any moment. Now, if it hasn't started by then, we'll get into Russia plotting a Trump tweet about meddling. And Walmart has come up with a new surveillance tool to eavesdrop on employees. Awesome. Keep them in line. They're bugging their vests. Is that what they're doing? Put a little bug in the collar of your vest. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. So Putin and Trump met for two hours and we're waiting for their press conference in which they come out and ask questions. 
I believe you said your take was you don't think a lot will just happen, period. I mean, this won't change things much. I would be shocked if it if it did. I mean, there's a chance they'll announce that something's going to change, but that doesn't mean it will. I wish Trump would have called it off. I think that would have been the best attention-grabbing statement. Come out and said, in light of these indictments and knowing the Russian government was involved at the highest levels, I am not going to meet until we can come up with a way to end this or something. Yeah, I wouldn't have minded that. Um, well, if he comes out with a really, really strong statement here, like embarrassingly strong, like, ooh, this is uncomfortable, I'll love that. I'm not sure I'm expecting it, but I'd love it. How about if he goes so far that it seems like military conflict is a possibility? Then he's going to get criticized by the left for going too far. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, sure. It's a pretty narrow window oh, yeah, you there got. There can't possibly be fair coverage of this in the mainstream media. Won't happen. News now with Marshall Phillips. Well, that one-on-one meeting between uh, President Trump and uh, Vladimir Putin in Finland is over. Trump telling reporters after he came out of the meeting. I think it's a good start. Very, very good start for everybody. There you go. Good start. You know, he sounded a little uh, little down by Trump standards. Don't Jet you think? lag. Think that's it? Fin time. He's been yeah. over, hasn't he been over there for days? I don't know. It takes a while to adjust. He's an old man. <laughs> uh, I tell you what, Dad, he said a lot of weird, weird things going into the meeting that I, I don't get what he's trying to do. Like I don't what? get him at all. Well, you know, they asked him about the, the hacking and the rest of it, and he immediately went to assigning blame. It was it was under Obama's watch. It was Obama's fault, and the the investigation's a witch hunt, and the rest of it. It's like, wait a minute, what? Right. What about? Let's focus on Russia. What's Russia doing? What are we going to do about it? All that stuff I found very strange and not great. On the other hand, he said, "Listen, I don't have any expectations. I go in with very low expectations." He said, right. "Going to meet with them. Getting along with Russia is a good thing." I'm quoting now, but it's possible we won't. It sure would. Then he goes to the whole witch hunt thing. Yeah, it sure would have been nice that a president of the United States, when that news came out on Friday, would come out, whoever they are, and say, "This is not something we will accept from anyone." Right. And he didn't say that. He hasn't said that at all. He hasn't even hinted at it. Along the lines you were talking about, Joe, President Trump is now getting the backing of Russia's Ministry of Foreign Affairs on Twitter. While he was getting ready to meet with Putin today, Trump had tweeted out, Our relationship with Russia has never been worse, thanks to many years of U.S. foolishness and stupidity, and now the rigged witch hunt. That was followed by a reply rather, from the ministry that simply stated, We agree. Yeah, nice. So listen, in conventional diplomat speak, what he said was inexcusable. It was betraying his own country to blame our Problems with Russia on American stupidity. We didn't invade Crimea. We didn't have a proxy war in uh, in uh, what do you call it? Uh, Ukraine. Yeah. Um, that's an insane thing to say. But I I get Trump. He's going into the meeting. He's trying to get them to lower their defenses. Oh yeah, I tell I tell you what. I'm coming in hat in hand. Sorry, things have been so bad. Let's restart. Here's a reset button, et cetera, et cetera. I get that as a negotiating ploy, right? And it's a ploy. Trump's trying to play him. He went too far, though. You can't say stuff like that. Does he have the guts to threaten Putin to his face? You got to be able to back it up. If you're going to threaten something, you got to be willing to do it. We'll see. Meanwhile, on ABC's This Week, the White House National Security Advisor, John Bolton, brushed aside demands on Capitol Hill and elsewhere that 
President Trump insists during this meeting with Putin that the 12 intelligence officers indicted for hacking Democratic Party servers be extradited to the United States. Bolton saying there's no extradition treaty between the U.S. and Russia. The president to demand something that isn't going to happen uh, puts the president in a weak position. And I think the president has made it very clear he intends to approach this discussion from a position of strength. I get what he means. Oh, by the way, yeah. and I, I just said, uh, does Trump have the guts to... That, that's probably not fair in that his his plan might be, and I think this is the way he works more than that, is he's not going to threaten... He might do these things, mm-hmm. but he's not going to threaten them. That kind of seems to be the way he's working. Right. He said all these nice things about Putin, but we gave Ukraine armament that they've been wanting for a long time that Obama wouldn't give them. Right. These anti-tank guns right. that we gave to them. So he's saying nice things about uh, Putin, but doing some pretty hard-ass things behind the scenes. So. Right. Don't let them know you're an adversary until it's absolutely necessary. I get that he might think part it, of his strategy. He might right. think it's awesome. If Putin walks out of there thinking I'm a putz and easily rolled, that's fine. That, that'd be all right with me. Yep. Yep, I get that. A couple that was hiking in Big Sur managed to find a woman who had been missing for a week. 23-year-old, uh, 23-year-old Angela Hernandez says she swerved to avoid a rabbit, lost control, and over the cliff she went. Chad and Chelsea Moore say they spotted her Jeep at the bottom of the cliff while looking for a place to fish. Hernandez was airlifted to a hospital. She reportedly used a radiator hose from her vehicle to siphon water from a nearby stream. Clever girl. She is going to live. That's Look at Your News. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Don't swerve to avoid little animals. No, just break. No, you got to put that in your mind over just and over break. again so you don't. Or run them over. Right. Just run over a damned rabbit. Better better you than him. Or him than Flat you. rabbit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Trump and Putin live yeah. coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So we're awaiting the Putin-Trump press conference in which they'll take questions after their two-hour meeting. We'll go to that live as soon as it happens. I thought this was damned interesting from the Washington Post yesterday. With Trump in the White House, candidates who sound like him hit the campaign trail. You knew that was going to happen. I remember talking about it at the time. In last week's debate, between because of people who looked at Trump and they thought, you know, that's what I'm going to do running for office. Yeah, well, you're not Donald Trump. Ah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's easier than it's harder than it looks, rather. In last week's debate <clears throat> between Georgia's Republican candidates for governor, policy was quickly abandoned as Lieutenant Governor Casey Cagle and Secretary of State Brian Kemp lit into one another with a familiar familiar slate of accusations. Kemp called Cagle a liar at least a dozen times during the debate. <laughs> There we go. Twelve so much for times. that uh, prohibition. Twelve times of saying, you're a liar. Wow. What kind of a debate is that? No, I'm not. Yes, you are. Okay, good night, everybody. <laughs> I'm loving this. <laughs> Kegel accused Kemp Call of... Call him a liar again. He's a liar. Yay! <laughs> Kegel then accused Kemp of conspiring with another Republican to release a recording that was an out-of-context private conversation. Uh, Kemp accused Kegel of spreading fake news to Georgians, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Wow. In races across the country, Republicans and Democrats 
also are branding their opponents with unflattering nicknames. <laughs> oh, yes. Popular thing for Republicans yes. and Democrats. You come up with a cool nickname for your opponent. Tweeting in all caps. Refusing to apologize for things that pol- p- politicians once apologized for. For being proudly politically incorrect. Circulating false information. Calling their hometown newspapers fake news. All across the country, people are doing that. And releasing damaging information about their opponents and generating controversy to get headlines. This is just what people are doing. Uh, Republican candidate for California State Legislature, maybe you know Antonio Sabato Jr., who spoke at the 2016 Republican National Convention. He's now running for Congress in, in SoCal. Uh, called Maxine Waters to ask for him to be locked up at a confer- at a uh, rally the other day. Lock her up. Oh, with the whole lock for up her Maxine. to be locked yeah. up. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that she's a hustler of hate, gave her a nickname. In Indiana, Trump-endorsed Senate candidate Mike Braun cast his primary opponent as Todd the Fraud and Luke the Liberal. (laughs) (laughs) Todd the Fraud's all right. Luke the Liberal's a little weak. No, you got to go Liberal Luke on that one. Yeah, 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 I agree. And uh, this a number of analysts analysts say they're all way too heavy-handed and they don't do it. I mean, Trump was heavy-handed, but... Yeah. And it's so just so transparent. I don't know. Maybe the audience likes it. I don't you got to you got to take it case by case. I could easily see the talking heads of the mainstream media saying, "Oh, it's terrible. It's heavy-handed." Blah, blah, blah. But if people are digging it, I don't know if my candidate winning hearts and minds. If my candidate's tweeting in all caps and yelling fake news and lock her up and giving nicknames, I don't know. Am I entertained? <laughs> Is that what you want? That's my question. So uh, Trump and Putin getting ready to come out. What do you suppose they're doing as they wait for their press conference? I assume that uh, Putin is hooked up to an IV with a 16-year-old boy to get fresh young blood. <laughs> Probably. I tell you what, if that has any benefit or Putin thinks it does, he's doing it. You're right. <laughs> you know, you're, that's probably 100% not being funny true. Yes. If there is a benefit, he's probably doing it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Vigorous and youthful. That's his whole thing. How old a guy is he? He's mid-60s, right? Putin still uh, still so- scored six goals the other day in a hockey match against wow. some of the best players in Russia. I know it's surprising for a man of his age. He's sixty five. There you go. So uh, I, I I would think in normal circumstances that the leaders would be huddling with their peeps to agree on what they're gonna say and what they're not gonna say at the press conference. Uh, Putin's probably rounding up the uh, wives and children and husbands of the journalists. <laughs> Just in case. That's not a joke. I know. Um, I know. But uh, I'd imagine he could have done that in advance. This is all so weird. Yeah, I, I just, I'm mystified by this whole thing, in case you're just tuning in. Uh, Trump and Putin have met for hours uh, one-on-one. Um, so I'm not sure what the need was for this. And for all we know, 60 seconds, 60 seconds of it was spent on election interfering. We don't know. Yeah, well, and uh, Trump has spent his entire career trying to forge good personal relationships, then you do business. He just comes from that school. It's almost like the Japanese school, where you don't talk about business for the first couple hours. You just establish a rapport. Um, so I, I get that. If that's the way he wants to do business, fine. I'm not going to be like the New York Times and say he's an idiot and a fool and, and he doesn't know what he's doing. That's the way he likes to do business. But what are they talking about? What? There's no agenda there are no goals announced. There's no agreement to be announced. They're just getting together and shooting the S. And if that's the case, fine. What's the point of a press conference? I heard. I suppose we'll find out. 
Henry Kissinger, one of the most famous diplomats of our times, on Charlie Rose one time. Man, I missed that show. Uh, explaining why diplomacy is so hard when the media is involved like this. He said, imagine uh, the courtship between a boy and a girl, a man and a woman, if you had the press the way they do in diplomacy. You've got these sensitive issues, but you've got the press yelling at each of you. What if he says he likes you? What What is your response going to be? Do you plan to say you love him? Right. I mean, you, you know, and you have to answer all these questions or, or the other side. Have you hears, had sex? When are you willing to have sex? Why haven't you? Right. Do you not love him? You say you love him. You haven't had sex. Why? Critics say you don't love him because you haven't had sex with him yet. Right, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. it just makes it very difficult to have a relationship. I have in the past, controversially enough, uh, advocated for or defended smoke-filled rooms in some contexts. Sometimes you have to hash out all the negotiating steps before, and, and, and they're all controversial to get where you're eventually going. Sometimes you trot out stuff you don't even want, so then you can take it off the table later. Later. And if you got the press involved at every uh, juncture, they'll say, "Why in the world are you asking for? I don't know. Pick your, uh, you know, free uh, artisan teas every morning, Joe. You don't even drink tea. Well, okay, thanks. Now you just have to up my strategy. You know, don't wor- don't worry about it. So I get it. Well, yep. What are they doing? I don't know. We're looking at the uh, the hall. All the news people are sitting there, quiet. They're ready to go. Just need the big dogs. Need Putin and Trump. Putin's daily wrestling match with a bear has gone into overtime. <laughs> yeah. so. The bears showing surprising resilience. He'd almost been pinned twice. That's, that's right. Putin is stripped to the waist by, behind the stage. That's right. Wrestling a bear. That's yeah. the way he likes to warm up. Got the bear in a headlock. Some people spend a little time on the elliptical, maybe jog in the morning. Putin wrestles a grizzly. Trump's got a bucket of chicken and he's watching the view. <laughs> Tweeting angrily about it. Um, <laughs> why weren't the uh, foreign ministers uh, slash secretary of state involved in the meeting, do you suppose? Why, was, was it one-on-one? Yeah. What's, I don't know. What's the point of that? Those podiums look like the same height to you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. They don't to you? I don't know. Trump's I'm, a much taller man. Now, is Putin going to stand on something? Is that a little stool to the right? Is that uh, what Putin's going to stand on? Uh, wait, uh, there's been a change. Earlier... There was a little round table on each side with a couple glasses of water. The little tape has been taken away ah, from one Putin of them. Putin is going to sing signal, I don't need water. I do not drink water. Water is for the weak. I drink the sweat of my opponents. Dr- being thirsty is, means you're weak. I drink the tears of those I have defeated. Or Trump said, get that out of here. Like, remember the other get day? Get out of here! Remember the other day? <laughs> he was the only one at the table without the orange juice. All right. <laughs> he might be unwilling to drink. Um, a liquid in another country. Oh, he's a, f- a famed germaphobe. Yeah, and you know, you drink liquids in other countries, you can get sick that way. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. So maybe he said, no, get that water out of there. I'm not going to drink that. I want to I want to see who's going to sit stand where. Who ordered the... Because somebody ordered the table taken away right. with the glasses of water on it. Was Table-gate. it Trump or Putin? Tablegate. That is really interesting. Yeah. Well, mildly interesting. But somebody... <laughs> somebody yeah. But somebody made the call. You spent a lot of time at Ikea. It's really interesting. <laughs> but somebody made the call. No, no, no. Get that table out of there. Yeah. He hates that. Right. He hates little tables. <laughs> Look how small. Oh, my God. Get that out of there before he sees it. You'd think the, think the Helsinkians, with their long history of holding summits, would know better than that. Producer Hanson, you've been listening to the cues coming down the wire. What do you think we should do? Should we take a break or stay here? 
Go on the. We should take a break. Okay, we'll take a break because you never know how long these two. That is quite the chandelier they have. Putin might say, "I'm not ready yet. Bring me another bear to wrestle." <laughs> and Trump's not quite huh? done with his bucket of chicken. Can we take a break or what? The music disappeared all of a sudden. At our regular time is what I was told. Oh, oh okay. okay. In a minute okay. or two. Okay, we'll stand by. So back to that little table. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. I'm telling you, I think it was meeting was a bad idea, but I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, yeah, yeah. Anything happening on North Korea lately? Um, Hey, we we mentioned this off the air. We'll mention to you on the air, Hanson. Maybe we should talk to Mike Lyons today if we can. I would like to know in what ways can we threaten Russia? Because we have to have a threat to be able to pull off any of this. Trump has to be able to say to him, stop messing with us or blank. If you didn't hear it on Friday, the DNI for Trump, the director of national intelligence, who has all the information from all the agencies, said, we're currently under attack by Russia. All our election systems are currently under attack with cyber warfare. Right now. Right now. He said the light is blinking red like before 9-11. So this is a wartime peace negotiation? I don't know what it is. But you got to be able to threaten something. A peacetime war negotiation. There you what? Go. Uh, also, when this <laughs> is over, we'll talk about the fact that Trey Gowdy now, now says those public hearings, like the one last week, are freak shows, and I he saw doesn't that. like them. I saw that, yeah. He said they're circuses, and yeah. it was. Yes, it was. Overruled. <laughs> no, I'm, you can't overrule me. Yes, he can. No, he, no he, what are we, making up rules? You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.